This episode of Ticket Volume is brought to you by us, Invigate. Get service operations under control in no time. Get one free month of our software solution by going to try.invigate.com. Ticket Volume brings you someone with a very diverse background, with experience with some top brands like Morgan Stanley, UPS, and AAA in a lot of different roles, from furniture sales to project management at Whataburger to IT service delivery and continual improvement. They are currently serving as the Senior Manager of Customer Support at Amwell, as well as Chairman of the Board for HDI Local Chapters. Welcome to Ticket Volume, news and information for improving IT experiences. I'm your host, Matt Barron. Hi. And I chat with different leaders each week to share insights on service management technology, business, and this episode is no exception. Greeting human, what are you looking to learn more about? Leave a comment, connect with us, share our podcast with someone. You're here. Now come. Let's begin. Welcome, Doug Raybold. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. Thanks for being on Ticket Volume. Um, You and I have had several opportunities to meet and talk to each other at local um, HDI uh, chapter officer meetups, as well as the national conference. And I love the content that you put out last year. Uh, I think that they're really important topics and obviously people are liking them. Um, But what I really brought you here today to talk about specifically is where you go to get inspired because I read recently that you went to uh, the place in your background, Disney Disney World or Disneyland, to do some training. Disney Let's World. talk about it. Tell me about it. Yeah, um, Disney World. So, so I've been a, a huge Disney fan my entire life. Um, Disney World opened in October of 1971, and I went for the first time in February of 1972, and I've pretty much been back at least once a year ever since. Um, yeah, it's it's been. Uh, been very influential on me and it's it's funny i i almost feel like my journey has come full circle because um when when i first went you know i i was really inspired by by the experience and you know at, at the time i had no idea i would wind up being in the customer experience field but what's very intriguing is i i've really modeled the way that i you know that i conduct business and the way that i try to try to inspire experience it in my customers who whatever that customer is whether it's an internal customer external customer um, and regardless of what stage of my career I've been in because I've not been in IT my whole life either um, but I've always drawn on that Disney experience and and how can you inspire people to want to do business with you and and so that's what you know what why I call it my happy place and yeah I, I go quite a bit I, I just went in November and in fact, um, I'm going to be hopping on an airplane in, in, on Monday and taking my wife for Valentine's. So. Awesome. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, do you live in Florida? Are you near it in the Southeast or no? I am not. I'm in San Antonio, Texas. So. Okay. Yeah. And, it is and, a little bit of all. <laughs> it, it is. And what's funny, you know, I, I talk about this. In fact, I, I work this into some of my presentations. I, I live three blocks, or I'm sorry, three exits away from a, a Six Flags Park, Six Flags oh, Field in Texas here in San Antonio. And I've been a season pass holder at, at Fiesta Texas for probably eight years. 
Um, you know, they, they collect my six ninety nine a month, every month, like clockwork for the last 96 months. Right. Um, and yet I probably go there maybe once a year, usually not even that. And it's three, three exits away. And yet I go to Disney at least once, if not two, three, four times a year. And that's not quite as simple as hopping in my Camaro and driving three exits. It's, right. you know, scheduling uh, flights, scheduling, you know, flying across the Gulf of Mexico, having, having a reservation at a hotel or a resort, um, and then spending a lot more than six ninety nine to get in the park. Right? <laughs> yes. And it's yeah. a commitment. It's a time commitment. Yeah. You know, we only have so much time on this earth and we get to choose which experiences we're living and you're, you're choosing, you're, you're choosing with your feet and your airline miles. <laughs> Absolutely. So let's talk about that a little bit because there's not that many places that you know, kids can go and have a great experience. Adults can go and have a great experience. What is it about Disney World that makes it worth the trip? So it's funny. It's just the way that they engage with you. And and by that, the they there is is the cast members. You know, they, they, they call them cast members. It, it's all a show. They, they, you know, Disney has embraced the whole concept that if you're in front of a guest, not a customer, if you're in front of a guest, you are on stage. Mm-hmm. If you're not in front of a guest, you're backstage. And and so there's this whole language of of experience that they build, and it's all based on theater. And and of course, it's because Disney's roots is is in film, and, and that whole concept of of having your whole experience as an employee built around this concept, and then delivering that to the guest is just so powerful and so amazing and so engaging that it just makes you want to keep going. And, and it's funny, you know, I, I, I say when, when I use that Six Flags versus Disney analogy in my presentations, um, I say, you know, when, when, I, when I do go to Six Flags on those rare occasions, because the Six Flags Park here is built in an old stone quarry in oh, San cool. Antonio, Texas. But in San Antonio, Texas, imagine, you know, those rocks are, are heating up throughout the day when, you know, eight months of the year, it's 100 yeah. degrees here. And then by noon, it's like radiating that heat back in. It's like being in a Dutch oven. So yeah, I get out of there and like every time I'm leaving, I'm like, oh my God, when do I have to come back again? Who, who's going to drag me here next time? At, six, uh, at uh, Disney, conversely, as I'm leaving, I'm planning my next trip. I'm, yeah. I'm literally like, okay, these are the dates when I'm coming next. Yeah, it's just that that engagement and you know it just makes you want more yeah it really does yeah and and that's what i try to try to instill on my customers it's it's like make them want to keep coming to you yeah yeah you kind of get a sense when you're describing it i get a sense for how over overwhelming this can be how how this can seem like it's almost impossible especially if you've never been in a theater production or or even like mapped out or built a, a, a highly engaged experience like this to to transform the way people feel about uh, to to go from Six Flags to Disney to go from when are they going to make me come back to I can't wait to come back and it's that right that focus and attention to like you said front of stage actions backstage actions separating those out and understanding what's going on how are we supporting that. How are we coordinating all these activities to make it magical? Yes, absolutely. And, and you know, you 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 touched on the key word there, and it's feeling. 
That, that's that's the difference when when you know it's it's so easy in the business we're in, Matt, to to just get focused on metrics and and yeah. it's all about productivity and and all of that is you know frankly as far as the customer is concerned they don't care about that stuff they don't care about how long it took they care about how did they feel when they left they don't care about did it get fixed on that first interaction what they care about is did it get fixed yeah you know and, and so ultimately it's we we need to focus refocus on the feeling not on not on the numbers and not on the metrics and you know i, I know there's people who are thought leaders like myself who would probably be chucking things at me for saying this um, but it, it's not about the numbers it's uh -huh. about the people and that's that the big nice. difference and that's i'm so happy to see and frankly i built my career because i'm not the i'm not the most technical person in the world i'm not the, the best numbers guy in the world what i am is i know how to build an experience i know how to build that sentiment and create a feeling and, you know, I, I've been fortunate that I moved into this career what I did because had I moved into it, you know, probably five or 10 years earlier, I never would have succeeded because at that point it was all about numbers. It was all about metrics and all about productivity. Uh, but at the time I moved in is when IT service benefit transitioning into that much more customer centric focused and sentiment focused and customer experience focused realm. Well, let's actually change gears here for a second now, and we're going to move more towards uh, networking and career path in service and support. Because you've been in this industry in lots of different roles, a lot, lots of different organizations. How do you go about connecting yourself to people and and just being present, being out there? Yeah, it's, it's funny you ask that um, because I, you know, I, I've become sort of a personality, I guess, on, on LinkedIn. Um, have a pretty big following and it's all attributable to the fact that when I first transitioned into, into IT service management 13 years ago, I, I went to one of the HDI conferences and, and having a sales background, my first career was in sales in sales management. I spent 18 years, um, not in technology sales. I was a good part of it was in financial sales. Um, and then I, I spent a couple of years in, um, in transportation sales. And in sales, it's all about business cards. You get out, you press the flesh and, and you hand your business card and you collect a business card. And, and that's what it was all about. And I remember going to my first IT conference thinking, hey, I got this. I'm going to I'm going to meet people. I'm going to network and I'm going to connect and, and collect business cards. And people looked at me like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. They're like, business cards? We don't carry business cards. So. You know, I, I was like, well, what the hell do you do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you connect with people? Um, and, and what's really funny is LinkedIn had just started. It, it was only a few months old. And and one of the guys I met from Texas Tech University, who at the time was was just an analyst, I was, I think I was a new supervisor or maybe a team lead at that point. Um, and he and I met in the hallway over the, like during a cookie break at the conference. And he, yeah. he starts telling me about, hey, there's this new thing called LinkedIn. Um, and I'm like, well, tell me about it. He's like, well, hey, give me your phone. And, and so I, I installed it on my phone. And that's how I got on LinkedIn. Um, and, you know, I was like, hey, this is awesome. You know, because a business card is only as good as you're at that job, right? Yeah. Um, whereas LinkedIn follows you everywhere. And, and so I, I, you know, it, it sort of dawned on me. It was like one of those epiphany moments. And I was like, I think I can leverage this. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's been a big part of, of how I've stayed connected, but 
but the way that I do connect, it's it's just having conversations with people. It's like this, you know. I mean, what's funny is, you know, Matt, you and I've talked, you know, probably six or eight months about me being on your show, and it's been, you know, we've been like two ships passing in the night over yeah. and over again. You know, we we put yeah. it on the schedule over and over again, and for one reason or another, it's always fallen through. Um, but but the fact that that we have that bond, that connection, just from the few conversations we've had in person. Um, makes all the difference in the world. It, it makes us want to to follow through. And I think that's a big part of it is, um, you know, I, I believe in in finding commonalities, finding, you know, what, what makes somebody tick and, and what can help us connect. And, and to me, that's that's what this whole life is about is is making connections with people and, and following through. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I assume it served you well, right? Like your network has gotten you all these different positions and like been there for you to support you through transitions. Yeah, um, a- absolutely. It's, you know, uh, some of the jobs that I've gotten are, are simply because of uh, of the network that I've created and, and people knowing, you know, I, my first director position was because somebody found me on LinkedIn because they know about some people that I know and, and asked around and, you know, they, they wound up reaching out to me on LinkedIn and saying, Hey, you know, are you interested in, in looking for something? And I wasn't at the time, but I was willing to listen and, and, you know, it wound up leading to my first director role. So. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the power of that platform. Like part of me, it, it kills me that it's a monopoly, that it's so monopolistic and like, there's no real competitor to it necessarily that that sort of bothers me, but it works and it's not too expensive and I don't see a ton of abuse cycles on there. So I guess I can't complain. Right. Um, and I, I'm always looking for online forums that, that have that sort of connection that, that bring that randomness. Quite recently, I started getting involved in the virtual, uh, chapter of local HDI chapters. And I, I think that's a phenomenal place to go. There's a huge set of people that go there that are in the service and support industry. And, um, it, it kind of creates more random connections. Whereas like, you know, if you're looking for someone, you're going to find them, but the, the randomness is kind of what the, the gap that I'm trying to always fill. Like, I just need to find new people that I just won't like automatically find or the algorithm won't suggest to me. So. Yeah, that's another tip that I give to people recently. Yeah, absolutely. And and at, at risk of turning this into a plug for HDI, which which I, I don't intend to do, um, you know, what, one of the things I did early on, like I said, uh, you know, I, I met that guy who told me about LinkedIn at an HDI conference. Um, and one of the things that I did in my career transition from sales into IT service management was align myself with people who've already done this so I didn't have to make the same mistake somebody's made already. Really? And so so I did start going to, you know, I was working overnights as, as a level one analyst and I'd go, yeah. to, go to HDI local chapter meetings when they were holding them in the afternoons. And then I, you know, then I wound up connecting with the local chapter network and then started meeting people through HDI. And, and you know, again, it was just a matter of, of connecting and you know, one of the things I, I, I wrote about recently, well, it's, I guess, a little over a year now, um, it was a, a publication for the HDI um, newsletter, and, and it was called The Power of Connection. And, and it was uh, about that very thing, how, you know, it was almost like when, when I first got involved with the organization, it, it was all about me taking from the organization. It was, you know, what, what can Doug get out of this, right? <laughs> and then, you know, as I, as I, 
matured in my career and matured in in my interaction with the with the organization, it, it started becoming what can Doug, Doug give back. And you know, yeah. you you mentioned I'm the chairman of the local chapter network, and and it's not about you know it's it's not a resume pad for me. It's not what it's about. It, it's about how can I do for the community what it has done for me for the last 13 years. Yeah. Exactly. Well put, dude. And there's tons of organizations. Like, of course, there's HCI. We talk about it on this podcast. There's ITSMF is yep. another great one. A lot of the local chapters are starting up for that again. I heard about a new one recently called, I wrote it down here, so I'm reading my notes, IAMCP. It's like a Microsoft certified partner uh -huh. uh, organization. And there's tons of these and they're all over the place. So find find those people, find those groups and get connected. Cause like you said, it it uh, I can't even imagine the amount of trauma we have avoided by sharing stories with each other <laughs> at these events. <laughs> and so go there, avoid the trauma and love it. So Doug, I gotta put you on the spot. What are you working on right now? What are you jazzed about right now? What would you brag about from your 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 position at Amwell right now? Part of my role is is actually involved in in taking that customer or patient experience and taking our level one support team and transforming it from a very transactional relationship into a very positive patient experience. And, and you know what? When people when people think of medical visits, they don't think of hey, this can be this can be a good thing. They they think of it as I'm going to have to wait. It's going to be expensive. Mm -hmm. I mean, th those are all the things that they're thinking. Um, and Not really enough. what we're trying to do is, is transform that into a positive experience. It's convenient, it's inexpensive, and it's quality. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. Those are your North Stars, right? That's what your program can align to. How do we make it convenient? How do we make it quality? I love that. You're really... You're, you're taking the vision of the company and literally translating it into what the agents do and how they do it. Yes. Awesome. Okay. One more question. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. What, uh, what do you think about the future of service? Is there anything that's really caught your eye recently that you think is going to revolutionize the way that we deliver support? Yeah, that, that's, that's a really great question, Matt. Um, Here's my thoughts, and and everybody right now is talking about Chat GPT or or, you know, Bard, the the new competitor. Um, yeah. Do I think it's going to transform the industry? No, I don't. Uh, I'm I'm going to be contrarian right. on this one. I do not believe it's going to transform the industry. What I do believe is it's going to transform the way that we work. Um, and. and this is nothing new. I've been talking about this, and and when I teach HDI certification classes, I, I bring up when 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 we do SWOT analysis. You know, one of the SWOT analysis things that I throw out there is, you know, what what is automation? Is it a is it a strength, weakness, opportunity, or threat? Well, and you know, it's interesting that that some people immediately say it's a threat. It's going to cost people their jobs, whereas the more insightful ones go, it's an opportunity. And so how is it an opportunity? It's an opportunity because what used to be the the most frequent issues, password reset type things, right? Yes. Um, are the things that first get automated. Well, what does that leave? That leaves, leaves things that are a little bit more complex, a little bit harder to do, take more time. So the opportunity is 
you skill up your staff to handle the things that the automations can't soak up. Chat GPD isn't going to replace people. It's going to skill people up. It's going to soak up the things that, that just happen over and over again. And oh, by the way, those are the things that really piss people off. Those are the things that, that make your raise the level of dissatisfaction of your customer. If they have to call in every five minutes because something is happening, they're getting more and more dissatisfied with you. And it doesn't matter if your agents are fixing it the first time. Yay, FCR, going back to the metrics conversation. It doesn't matter if the agents are fixing it the first time and doing it really quickly. The customer's getting more and more angry because they have to keep calling about it, right? So so where ChatGBT is going to transform our industry is not by costing people their jobs. It's going to be by taking care of the things that the agents shouldn't be doing in the first place. It's problem what management, is... right? That is a... Take that out of the equation and allow the agents to do the things that people can do better. Higher Yes. And more, you know, take things that take time, things that take intellect, things that take problem solving skills. That's what's going to change. Yes. Well done, Doug. Great response. We saw it when shift left was a thing. You know, we were really scared about chatbots for a long time. Uh, there was a lot of fear sure. and uncertainty and doubt. That didn't take anyone's right. jobs. People people complain about chatbots now. Like <laughs> that's the new complaint. They used to hate the self service portal. And now they just hate the chatbot. Right. It's like we're we're just giving them the new thing to complain about. But I love what you're saying because I think the people who do think that there's threats coming against agents in the industry. They don't see the other fires. They don't see that we're surrounded by work, that we're surrounded by lots of opportunities for work. And and like you said, let's give it the transactional stuff. Let's give it the repetitious stuff that we don't like and focus our people on the high EQ, high touch, yes. high, high emotion, high needs customers, um, and really provide that level of service to, to improve this service. Yeah. stuff. Doug, where can people connect with you and learn more? Uh, easiest thing is on LinkedIn. Um, you know, I, I think I've made no secret about that. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can find me. It's There's two Doug Raybolds on LinkedIn, believe it or not. One of them is a golf pro. That is not me. I do not sit on the green for any reason at any time, um, unless it's to drive the bar car. Um, <laughs> um, but it's Doug Raybold, HDI ITIL, um, and, and that would be me. Um, and you know, feel free to connect with me um, in your connection because, okay, because I'm one of those premier members or whatever, um, it automatically says follow. If you want to connect with me instead of just following, just put in there, um, you know, actually personalize it and say, saw you on Matt Barron's show, uh, would love to connect. And I'm happy to connect with anybody. If you're a friend of Matt's, you're a friend of Doug's. <laughs> thank you, Doug. And thank you for your time. Thanks for being on Ticket Volume. Thanks, Matt. And for our audience, thanks for listening to this episode. We've got a bunch more out there and still yet to come. Can you believe it? There's still more experts out there. So make sure you subscribe to receive an alert every time there's a new one. Remember, you can submit topics or guests. I need your help. Help me brainstorm, find new ideas, find new things to explore. Uh, put us on the spot. Challenge us to be better. Please leave a comment or feedback on any one of our pages or directly on your favorite podcast platform because you know that the algorithms are going to reward us for your interactions. 
This podcast is brought to you by Invigate, the all-in-one IT service and asset management system that helps organizations with world-class IT support teams. If you're looking for a solution to build your help desk without the headaches of year-long implementations, or you want to mess around with things like ChatGPT or open API integrations or a graphical workflow, you're going to love Invigate. In fact, IT teams from NASA, Toyota, and McDonald's use Invigate to manage requests, automate workflows, and centralize inventory data so that they can focus on delivering better service. Because good service is good business. 